We're in Matthew chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you go to Matthew chapter number 5. We started a series last week, and uh, we're working through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That's where the Sermon on the Mount uh, is recorded. Jesus Christ's uh, most lengthy recorded sermon is Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And so that's where we are today. And uh, my sermon title this morning is To Make a Difference. To Make a Difference. And uh, I, some of you have seen the Peanuts uh, uh, comic strip. That's my favorite. Charlie Brown is my favorite uh, comic strip character. And, uh, but Charlie Brown and Peppermint Patty were talking one day uh, just about <clears throat> occupations and, and, and what's to come and what we're going to become. And Peppermint Patty asked Charlie Brown, said, Hey, Chuck, tell me, what does a teacher make? And, uh, and Charlie Brown said, well, a teacher makes a difference. And, uh, and I'm thankful, and I want my life to count. I want my life to make a difference. And I believe that Jesus Christ wants to use just ordinary people to do extraordinary things. It's not about us going out and, 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 and doing something extraordinary, but just simply following the Lord Jesus Christ and letting him use you and letting him use me to impact this world one life <clears throat> at a time. And oftentimes what happens to us is we will underestimate our influence. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes, in fact, because we can't see what's happening in the world around us, we like to shrug our shoulders in indifference spiritually when he wants to use you, when he wants to use me to impact the world. I heard, I heard about a storm that had happened, and this storm washed thousands of starfish up onto the beach. And there was a man that was running from one starfish to the next, and he was frantically throwing them back out into the water, and there were thousands of them scattered out. And there was another man that came walking by, and he said, man, you're just wasting your time. You're not going to make a bit of difference. And, and, and that man held up one starfish, and he said, well, I'll tell you something, sir. It'll make a difference to this little starfish. And you know, along the way, we have opportunity to make a difference in lives that we come into contact with. And God, help us to understand what we're called to do and who we're called to be along the way. The Lord Jesus Christ has been talking. Uh, uh, he started this sermon with the Beatitudes last week. The Beatitudes have to do a lot with our character. And then he goes into, into verse number 13. Interesting, when you're reading this, just to keep in mind that Jesus is talking. And as Jesus is preaching, Jesus is able to read the hearts of the hearers. And we're not able to do that. Uh, sometimes we think we can, and that's assumption, which is ignorance. But anyways, sometimes we believe that we can, but at the end of the day, we can't. But Jesus could. And so when Jesus is talking about the Beatitudes, he's preaching something that's like foreign to these guys. And he's talking about heart matters. He's talking about character issues. And, uh, and, and, and from there, he knows that, man, they're saying, man, this is like nothing we've ever heard. This is different than anything we've ever heard. And so then he shifts right here, and he says, okay, it is. In fact, I'm calling you to be different. I'm calling you to be the salt and to be the light. And so that's where we are this morning, just talking about the salt and the light. Matthew chapter 5, down in verse number 13 and following, the Bible says this, you are, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, then how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, and a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, 
but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so he's talking about being the salt and being the light, being the salt and permeating this world in which we live, coming into contact. We cannot permeate unless we're contacting. He says, I want you to permeate this world. I want you to radiate. Let the light shine in this world. And that's how we're going to make a difference. So first of all, he says, you are the salt of the earth in verse 13. So how can we make a difference? Make sure we're the salt and the light. So to be the salt, what does it mean to be the salt of the earth? When you're talking about salt, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 2 and in verse number 11, 1 Peter chapter 2 and in verse number 11, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. And, uh, and so he's calling us out into this world to say, Hey, you're not supposed to be like everybody else. I'm calling you out of the world. You, you need to be in the world but not of the world. And so a lot of times if we're not careful, in fact, if you go back to the middle centuries, we had the monastic period where uh, people wanted to live like monks and they would go out and, and, and live in caves. And, and just because you're living in caves in isolation doesn't make you a sanctified individual. It makes you crazy. Jesus is saying, hey, we need to make sure we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're different than the rest of the world. Why? Because you're a child of the King. You've been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. You have the Holy Spirit of the living God indwelling, living within you. Act like who you are. And that's what he's saying here. You are the salt and the earth. And when you're talking about uh, the salt and the light... uh, when you're talking about salt, again, it's such a common, it's such a common commodity when we're talking about these things uh, uh, and pulling truths from it. For example, when you're talking about salt, I mean, everybody knows that salt doesn't do you a bit of good in a salt shaker. I mean, I like salt, but I'm telling you what, if you, if you, if you bring me something to eat and put salt in a salt shaker, I'm going to scatter it. I mean, it's not going to do me any good sitting there. And, and, and a lot of times what we do is, is, is we say, man, I, I love Jesus on Sunday morning. I love Jesus when I get together and when I get in this big building right here. But then when I go outside, I forget whose I am and I forget who I am. And, it, and, 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 and God says, I want you to be the salt. I want to scatter you out there. And so no matter where you find yourself, I believe this with all of my heart, that God in his sovereignty has this salt shaker, and he's putting you in the place where you are. He's putting some of you on campuses, and some of you are in businesses, and some of you might be in government. Wherever you find yourself, God Almighty puts you there and intends that you make a difference where you are planted, to bloom where you are planted, to be the salt and the light. And so when you're talking about the salt, there's several things that salt do. Number one, salt serves as a preservation. Uh, this is before the days of refrigeration. And so when meat uh, was slaughtered, meat was packed in salt to keep it from decaying. And the church's responsibility, one of those responsibilities, is to, is to help serve as a preservation for this world in which we live. This world is in a constant, constant mode of spiritual, moral decay. When you look around and oftentimes what happens to us is we just shrug our shoulders and say oh what difference can I make well you can be salty I mean you can you can say I want to be a child of the king and I want to be a voice for the Lord Jesus Christ wherever I find myself this world is morally degenerating when we look around at our culture man we're killing babies for convenience sake 
That we're even still having discussions is ridiculous. We're, we're, we're taking marriages and saying, man, you, whatever you choose, however you choose, you can go man to man, woman to woman. And that's not what God's Word says. When we're talking about this gender issue that we're having today, it's crazy, man. Just recently I was at the doctor's office and like, you're checking off male, female, and now we got an other box. Other. I want to ask, what's an Other. I mean, I know where they're going with it. In fact, it's, 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 it's really, it's, it grieves your heart when you start watching. Just recently, if you watch just recently, they had these NFL uh, uh, celebrities and stars and, 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 and all of these different uh, awards for the season that they just finished or they're finishing tonight. But, uh, but, but this season, and they, and, and they, and they designated one, one whole section uh, about the courage of those that came out of the closet as homosexuals. And hey, listen, seriously, we need to understand, we need to love people right where they are. But I don't want to celebrate immorality. The church needs to be the salt in this world. I am against, 100%, 100% against racism. But nobody is a racist because of the color of their skin. Y'all all right? <laughs> Preservation. We live in a whacked out world. Hey, we live in a whacked out world that needs to hear truth. That, that they need to see truth in love. Seriously. When we go out of this place this morning, I don't want you to say, oh, you just don't like those people. No, God give me a love for others. God give me a love for others. No matter who you are, no matter what you're struggling with, God loves you, and he loves me, and that while I was still a sinner, he died for me, and he did the same thing for you. God, help me not be a person of mercy and of grace, but help me to be salty in this world and not just go along with everybody else. Salt is distinct when you're talking about salt characteristics of salt, the, the distinction of salt. First Peter chapter number one, verses number 14 and 15. First Peter chapter one, verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all of your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. He's saying, be distinct. As a believer, man, you're going to be distinct. You're going to be different. And salt is distinct. Think about the characteristic of salt. Nothing tastes like salt. It's distinct. Everything tastes like chicken. <laughs> That's what we say, right? But nothing tastes like salt. I mean, it's distinct. It's different. It's got its own flavor. And I don't know, I don't care where you go in the world. Salt is salt is salt is salt. It's distinct. It's different. And he's saying, hey, listen, as a child of the king, you're going to be different. Your attitudes are going to be different than the world. You ought to be marked with humility and not pride. No matter how the world treats you, you respond with love 
You respond with grace. You respond with mercy. You're going to be different. Your actions, your attitudes, your entertainment, everything about you is going to be different. He says, I want you to be different. Understand that you will be different. And the problem with us as believers, the problem with us as Christians, is God says in his word in 1 Peter, he said, I want you to be holy. I, want, I have called you out from your former way of life unto the Lord Jesus, and I want you to be like Jesus Christ. I want you to be like Jesus. And the problem that we have and the struggle that we have is that oftentimes we're not asking the question of how holy can I be, but how far can I go before it's sin? As individuals, we want to know, how far can I go? How much like the world can I be? Rather than saying, man, I just want to be like Jesus. You see, we're living life, looking at it in the wrong direction as individuals. Even in churches, we want to teach our people, man, how you can be worldly. And the fact of the matter is, he didn't call you to be worldly. He called you to be godly, to be holy, to be set apart, to be used by him and for him. Distinction. And you know, because of that distinction, when you're talking about salt, there's going to be a reaction and there's always a reaction with salt. Do you know that? There's always a reaction. Sometimes it's a gagging reaction. Sometimes it nauseates. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> I grew up in West Palm Beach. And, uh, man, there were many waves that blindsided me. And I came up and I, and <laughs> with dry heaves. You ever, you ever been there? Where the salt just goes down it's like... <clears throat> I mean, it messes you up on the inside. And do you know that as a believer, that's why believers are persecuted in this world. That's why, that's why Cain, that's why Cain killed his brother. It wasn't because his brother spoke, but his life, his life was an indictment against his brother. He says, you be salty, you be salty, and there's going to be a reaction in this world. And not all the time is the reaction going to be good. Sometimes it's going to nauseate people. But he says, I want you to still be salty, and you will cause a reaction. Sometimes it will be a bad reaction. But you know what else salt does? Salt develops a thirst in people. Salt, salt will develop a thirst in people. And God, help my life. May my life develop a thirst for Jesus and others. That they would look at me and say, man, I don't know, but I want what he has. I want what she has. I mean, there's always a sense of joy. There's always a sense of peace. There's a hope about that person. Man, they're just different than the rest of the world. I want what they've got. It develops a thirst in others. You know, it's interesting. It is. It's so interesting to me when you look around. Oftentimes you look, go to church and, and, and some, sometimes, I'm not saying, and in fact, it probably never happens on this campus. Other churches have these issues, right? And so, and so sometimes you come up and you come into contact with people and it's like, man, you just don't look very happy. In fact, I would look at some people and say, man, I, I don't want what you got. God, help me. Help me to be an instrument in the hands of my Heavenly Father such that others would say, man, I want what they got because it's different. It's distinct. I remember David Gilmore sharing testimony. I don't even know if you're in here, David Gilmore, but David Gilmore, when he got saved, 
His testimony was, I, I don't know what I got, but I got it. <laughs> and God changed him. Purity. You know, you know what? Salt, good salt remains pure. Salt doesn't, doesn't pick up the flavors that it comes into contact with, but it permeates. You know, salt, it, it, it remains pure. Good salt will remain pure. I mean, you, you just don't hear that ever said. You, you never take salt and say, boy, this salt tastes green beanie. You, you don't say that. Because it didn't, it didn't pick up the flavor of the world. He says, I want you to be the salt. I want you to permeate. But don't pick up the garbage in the world. Be different. Be my children. Be holy. Purity. He says... Here, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. He's saying, hey, you know what? Once you have lost your distinction, once you've lost your testimony, you've become basically useless in the hands of God. But you know what the good news is this morning? Where salt can't be made salty again, you can. And I can. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God of second chances? God wants to use you to make a difference in this world. And he's saying, you make sure that you are salty. You make sure that you live for me and not go the rest of the way of the rest of the world. But he says, you're salt. And then he says, you're the light of the world in verse 14. And he goes on from there to describe some attributes of light and what he wants us to do and who he wants us to be. But he says, you are the light of the world. So be, be the light, be the light. And when you're talking about light, when you're talking about light, hey, listen, characteristics of light. Number one, very basic, very simple. If it don't shine, it ain't light. That's Jackson County. But if it, if it don't shine, it ain't light. And, and, and you know what he says in his word? In Matthew chapter number 7, he says this. He says, hey, you shall know them by their fruit. In other words, when you're talking about a Christian, you can look at them and know by their fruit. What fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's a difference. He's saying, you be the light. Let people see Jesus in you. You be Jesus Christ with skin on in your world. Light. Light that dispels darkness. Light such that others will say, man, I see, I see Jesus in them. A light bearer shines. Verse 14, he says, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. To shine prominently. In other words, what he's saying is this, man, you, you can't hide it. I mean, once you say, I'm a Christian, people will begin to watch your life. That's exactly what they'll do. They'll see, they'll know. And so at the end of the day, basically, you know, Jesus Christ calls us and he says, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. I want you to be my witnesses. And, and, and so the fact of the matter is, whether you're speaking for Jesus or not, you are witnessing for him. Why? Because others are looking at you as a city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. They're watching you. 
And so if you're not living for Jesus Christ, you're witnessing for him. You're saying, he's not worthy. My life is a witness. I can't hide it. I'm a professing believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And my life is a testimony. And people are watching you. And if they're watching you and if they're watching me, you have to be careful because it doesn't matter what I say if my actions aren't matching my words. God, help me to live the life that you call me to live. People watch. You say, oh, are they really watching? Yes, they're watching. They're watching you and they're watching me. I remember in college, I remember in college, sometimes you don't realize the difference and sometimes you don't think that people are even watching. I had a roommate that was just obnoxious and uh, was an alcoholic. And we were flying into Omaha, Nebraska, uh, and, and there was a storm. And if you've ever flown through a storm, that's not fun. And, uh, and, and everybody's silent, and they're in a white knuckler. They're holding on to their seats, and everybody's praying, even the atheists, right? Uh, everybody's praying. It's quiet. And my roommate was sitting right next to me on the jet. And in the middle of our descent into Omaha, Nebraska, he said, uh, I'm glad I'm sitting next to Gilly because he's the closest thing to God we got. <laughs> it's not going to do you any good if the plane goes down. But I thought about that, and I thought, you know what? There's been a lot of things said over the years, but there's never been a greater compliment than to have somebody say, and what's your point, preacher? Are you boasting? I'm not boasting. I'm just here to tell you I wish I could tell you that he got saved and he came to church and man, God changed his life. I didn't ever think he was paying attention to a thing I said. But he's watching. And you got people watching. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. They're watching. They're listening. The question is, what's your life saying? What is your life saying? He wants to use you to be the salt and the light. He wants you to use you to show others himself through you. So shine prominently. Verse 15, he continues on and he says, Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. <clears throat> it's kind of like that little song, Hide it under a bushel. No. Uh, what's he saying? He's saying, Make sure you shine permanently. Shine permanently. Shine all the time. You never, ever know how or when God wants to use you. You don't have the luxury to shut it down for a little while. You don't have that luxury. He's saying the world needs to see me through you all the time. Shine permanently. And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, in the church where, man, we come to church and, man, my, my light shines on Sunday. Man, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? And we get all excited on Sunday morning. But then Monday comes, and we forget. And say, make sure you shine permanently. Don't be a, a firefly Christian. You know what a firefly is? You know, you know, you know what a lightning bug firefly? Y'all know what that is? If you don't, you can come to my house anytime, in the evenings, in the summer especially, because I got them in my backyard. And those little things, man, I, 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 used to, I remember when we used to have the boys were little, so if you've got little kids, it's fun, you know. <clears throat> 
get that little glass jar and you go out there and try to catch those fireflies in the backyard. And, uh, and, and, and they would light up for just a minute and then they would shut down, you know. And you'd go kind of that area and you go, finally, you, you might can catch them sometime. And, and you know, sometimes that's what we have happening in the church as firefly Christians. And God wants to use you where you are all the time. Shine permanently. God, use me for your glory. Help me to be used by you. Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. God saved you. He doesn't want to hide you. He wants to use you to light up the world, to shine. To shine purposefully. It's not just about drawing people to yourself. He says in verse 16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In other words, he's saying, shine purposefully, man. I want to use you to let other people see me, to shine purposefully. Man, God wants to use you, and God wants to use me in this dark world. This world needs to see Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. You can make a difference in this world. You can make a difference in this world. <clears throat> I remember when I was in high school, <clears throat> had a chance to go hunting in high school. I'm not a hunter, I'm not a hunter, I, but I moved to Mariana, Florida, and everybody hunted. And so I had a friend, a guy that befriended me when I was in high school, and he invited me to go out coon hunting with him. And uh, I had never been coon hunting, never been hunting in my life. And so, and so I didn't know what we were doing. He said, just wear some blue jeans and come on, we're getting a truck and go out in the nighttime. So we did, and so he cut these dogs loose in the back of the truck in these woods, and he said, we just got to chase them. And so we jumped out of the truck, and he had a little 22 gun, and he had him a little flashlight, and I didn't have anything. And so I was just like, I, I've never, this is, this is really stupid. But, uh, but I wanted a friend, and so his name is Larry Joe. So don't trust somebody that calls himself two names, but uh, Larry Joe. And so uh, he takes off with this light and this gun. And I'm running behind him fast as I can. But, you know, when you're running behind somebody, I can't see where I'm going because I didn't have a light. And those trees were hitting me in the face. And, and, and we got to the edge of the Chipola River. And we got to the river. <clears throat> the dogs swam across the river at the nighttime. And I was like, man, I, I guess we lost your dogs. We need to go home. And uh, he said, no, we, we got to swim across the river at the nighttime. And so we swam across the river, and, and I got to the other side of the river, <clears throat> and uh, I thought I had an air bubble in my leg, and I went like that right there. And something, I promise you, something came climbing up on the inside of my jeans up to here, and I started squeezing right here. It's pitch black in the night. I'm at the side of the river. I didn't even know Larry Joe for a week, you know? And I'm sitting here like this, <clears throat> and I have wet blue jeans, so I'm trying to get my blue jeans down. And I think, man, I'm about to get bit by a moccasin. And so... That little light was trickling, so I started hollering. I said, Larry Joe, Larry Joe. He came back. I said, Larry Joe, I know I don't know you very well, but I need you to go behind me and pull my pants down. <laughs> Help me. Help me. <clears throat> and uh, he did. And uh, I said, I said I'll, I'll never tell anybody. <laughs> and uh, a big old frog came jumping out of my leg. Really, seriously, big old frog. So we, we started taking back off. We started taking back off. And uh, he kept getting further and further away because he's running with that light and that gun, man, chasing those dogs. And I was behind him, and I kept getting further and further back. And I was so frustrated. Finally got to these briars, and they were just ripping me up. 
And I stopped. I was miserable because I didn't have a light to see. And there's people that come to church every week and they, they're trying to follow other people with the light. They're trying to follow my mom and dad with the light or the preacher or the teacher or a friend with the light. And you don't even have your own light. And the most miserable people on the planet are those that are trying to chase after somebody else with the light when God says, I want you, I want you to be my light. I'll shine for you. I will shine for you in the darkness. And today, if there's never been a time in your life when you've called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would encourage you, call on his name. Man, he wants a relationship with you, and he wants to use you. He wants to use you to bring significance to your life, to make a difference in this world. He wants to say, to be able to say, man, you are my salt, and you are my light. God, help us to be salty, and help us to be light. Would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer this morning? And as we pray today, I'm just inviting you, man, this morning before God, maybe you're here and you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. I'm asking, I'm encouraging you to call on his name right where you are, right now in this moment. Dear God, I don't have relationship. I'm not saved. I've never been born again. But I want you to be my Lord and Savior. God loves you. For God so loved the world. He loves you so much. He sent his son into this world and he laid down his life for your sins. He shed his blood for you so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the only way you will ever experience the abundant life that Jesus Christ has is if you have your own light. If you are the light. If you've never called on his name right where you are today, won't you do that? Hey, brothers and sisters, maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know, I've I've just lost my saltiness. Man, I've been hiding my light. I've been hiding my light. But I want to be used. I want to make a difference. Oh, where you are, I just want to encourage you, man. God, forgive me for hiding. Give me the courage to stand and to shine for Jesus. Right where you are.